a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening and welcome. I'm Debbie George Addis. I'm so happy you've tuned in to America Can We Talk. My first five tonight, I want to talk about the midterm elections, which are now two days away. We're actually now two days away from the midterms. I think I've been saying since approximately July of this year, midterm elections are coming, but now they're here. I know many of you have been reading headlines, read them online and in newspapers that essentially say, you know, the Democrats are going to take over the U.S. House. They're going to get a majority in the House, and they may even get a majority in the Senate. And I want to start by saying the battle is not nearly over. I'm going to share some numbers with you. I will not get all wonky on you, but I want to encourage you to believe that this battle is not over. This election, as we've been saying for months, is a turnout battle. The American left, the Democrats have spent since the time of the 2016 uh, presidential election from since then till now, turning out their own voters, encouraging their own voters, turning them into just just worked up into rage and anger. And those people may indeed be turning up. They may actually turn up in the 2016, in this 2018 midterm because they're angry, because the Democrats told them they have to be angry about something. But folks, there's no reason to believe that has to be the case and certainly no reason to think that they will be successful. I want to just run some quick numbers by you. And these are really, really important to understand as we are launching forward here. Number one. Among these states where we have, you know, every single U.S. House seat is up, as I'm sure you all know because I've said it many times and you follow it yourself, every single House seat is up uh, every two years. So in the U.S. House, you need to get to the magic number to win, to have the majority in the U.S. House. The magic number is, I'm trying to get to the right page so I can give you all these this data I have ready. Magic number, 218 seats needed. Democrats... Uh, don't right now the numbers stand in terms of comparing the uh, solidly Democrat can't possibly be flip seats and solidly Republican can't possibly be flip seats, you know, and the very likely or leaning ones. We're basically 205 to 201 Democrats to Republicans. These are the numbers from Real Clear Politics. The number of seats that are considered toss ups, toss ups, 29. This is so not over. Toss-ups meaning the polling is too close to call. And I want to mention, I know some of these candidates, and I know their races, and they're really not toss-ups. I think that the real clear politics folks, as many people do in politics, they are cautious, they're careful, they certainly do not want to agree that the um, there's a problem uh, on their side, but... I'm telling you, many of these races are much closer than, uh, I mean, aren't as close as the pollsters claim. They are not part of the, uh, you know, they're not, should not really be considered toss-ups. On top of that, the United States Senate, you heard it here first. I should have said when I started, by the way, I still say the Republican Party will hold the majority. They will increase their majority in the U.S. Senate, which is vital, vital to confirming more justice to the Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court justices, federal court justices, also vital in blocking any idiosity emerging should we have a Democrat majority um, in the House and an impeachment proceeding occur, which is what they're threatening. But that is not um, the, the U.S. Senate is the one that gets to decide removal. They would never vote to remove Trump you know, unless he like robbed a 
bank or something, which is not going to happen. So I'm getting at the Senate is going to be in Republican hands. I still say the Republicans may lose some seats, but the the, um, party is going to emerge as the majority party in the U.S. House, in my best guess estimation, after the elections this coming Tuesday. On top of that, just step back and ask yourself, besides pure, raw hate, what is it the Democrats are running on? I mean, really make yourself think. Every ad you hear, every Democrat you're pontificating, all they're ever saying is how much they hate Trump or they hate Republicans. Or worse, they're trying to instill hatred in the American people to convince the American people that other Americans don't like them, that the left's entire message is outrage-filled Outrage laden it is filled with that uh, a message of hate of, of President Trump, of Republicans, of Americans. But really think for yourselves, what, where are we in this country? What, where are we after uh, not even a full two years yet of President Trump being in office? When we come back, I'm going to share with you some of the um, uh, accomplishments of the Trump administration, which every, you know, they're going to be hard left voters, always going to vote Democrat, hard right voters, always going to vote Republican. And there's a world of voters in the middle who are thinking, who haven't voted yet. Those people, those thinkers, they're going to stop and think about a few things about where we are in this country. For example, the economy humming along, the economy being in the best shape it has been in decades. In fact, I'm going to quote a paper I hardly ever quote, but the, and I'm going to quote three times in this first hour today, but the New York Times, hardly reliable conservative source of information of anything, the New York Times did a story two days ago that said President Donald Trump's pressure, high-pressure economy is the best time for the American labor market in at least 18 years and maybe closer to 50 The New York Times giving Trump credit for this economy. And the American voter sitting home is thinking about it, too. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. We come back. We'll talk more about where we really are and that we're going to be just fine on Tuesday. Come right back. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. 
five talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with five talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgettis. I'm so glad you've tuned in. I really want to think with you tonight about these 2018 midterms, where we are, what the Democrats are running on, and what you can do about it. I'll tell you one thing you can do about it. In fact, I did it on the way here tonight. A friend of mine who is a uh, current elected official um, had asked if all of us who have voted would contact before Tuesday at least three friends who are, you know, maybe not as politically active as we are, and, and but we you know we know they vote Republican. Just say, hey, you know, have you voted yet? You know, if you haven't, I'll remind you, Tuesday's the last day. I can't tell you, years ago, um, after an, uh, an election, a, a national election, I uh, had some friends disappointed about the outcome. Now, Texas went, you know, went Republican, but my friends were saying, you know, dang, I, I forgot it was election day. I'm thinking, how could you forget? It's like forgetting it's Christmas, practically. Come on. But anyway, this is a great idea. I called a friend on the way here. I'm going to call a couple more on the way home. Just to say, don't forget, this is your chance. So I want to turn back to, to where we are and really think, stepping back from the hype, 
the political ads. I know everyone is tired of the political ads and the text messages and the phone calls and the billboards and the television commercials and the radio ads. You just kind of want this midterm to be over. But folks, the reason this midterm is so important is that right now we currently have Republican in the White House and the, the majority in the House and the Senate. The Democrats have promised if they take control of the Senate, they have promised what they will do. And it is essentially to spend the next two years attacking the American economy, attacking. I'm going to play uh, Maxine Waters. She's one example of someone who's promising you. She's telling you she's not like subtly telegraphing you what she might do. This is Maxine Waters. The, uh, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, very outspoken critic of President Trump. Here's what she says she's going to do. I'm going to make sure I have the right. Yeah, here I do. Okay, here's Maxine Waters. I'm going to do to you what you did to us. If we take back the House, most of the members of the Congressional Black Caucus will be chairs of the committees of the Congress of the United States of America. I will be the first African-American, the first woman to chair the powerful Financial Services Committee. That's all of Wall Street. That's all the insurance companies. That's all the banks. And so, of course, the CEOs of the banks now are saying, what can we do to stop Maxine Waters? Because if she gets in, she's going to give us a bad tap. I have not forgotten you foreclosed on our houses. forgotten that you undermined our community. I have not forgotten that you sold us those exotic products, had a sign on the line for junk and for mess that we could not afford. And in doing that, I have people who are on the homeless who have never gotten back into a home. What am I going to do to you? What I'm going to do to you is fair. I'm going to do to you what you did to us. Obviously, Maxine Waters is speaking to a very friendly crowd in that speech. But what she is promising is a nonstop assault on the insurance industry, the banking industry, the mortgage industry, on America. That's what she's promising. No one in her party is saying, hey, Maxine, you better chill out before the election cycle. She's promising destruction. Now, we don't have time tonight to go into this, but I will, again, in some future show, spell out for you, if you don't know what she's talking about, when she's saying the banks and the mortgage companies, what you did to us, this was not what the banks and mortgage companies did to low-income earners in America. This is what the Democrat Party did to low-income mortgage holders in America, where they forced banks to make loans to people, mortgage loans, uh, on terms that it was clear and obvious if they had been applying normal uh, fiscal standards, the banks would never have made those loans, made those mortgages. The Congress, through the Democrats, forced them to make mortgages that were unrealistic, couldn't be paid off based on the ability of the of the uh, person receiving the mortgage to pay. And, then, and now she's saying she's punishing, not going to punish her own party for doing that. She's going to punish the mortgage industry. She is painting a picture of two years of assault on the American economy. On top of that, she is promising, as many other Democrats have, to try to impeach President Trump. Now, impeachment has a standard in the Constitution, which is utterly and completely up to the members of the United States House of Representatives. They can decide the impeachment standard has been met. It was deliberately vague. It does not require violation of any law. This is, this is how we will spend the next two years. This is why I say this election is vital, one of many reasons. But again, step back from the frenzy, the ads you see, the, you know, the hysteria you, uh, in all of the—people the, you know, are overwhelmed with this uh, election season, I know— 
But just think what the Democrats have stood for in America just in the last few years. And ask yourself, does your average American really want this? After the 2016 election cycle and President Trump won... And the Democrats and most of the world uh, was expecting Hillary Clinton to win. They engaged in an unrelenting, still ongoing, ongoing assault on the election system, on the Electoral College. The notion that they boycotted President Trump's inauguration, unheard of it in level of tackiness. They weaponized the FBI and the Department of Justice to attack President Trump and his ongoing administration with a fake charge, a lie about the uh, Russia-Trump collusion. They marched through that mess, still ongoing right now, uh, when President Trump exercised his rightful uh, uh, responsibility to nominate a Supreme Court justice, uh, this most recent nomination of Justice Kavanaugh. Um, the Democrats withheld. I mean, just this is not this is and this is not just. What I'm listing is not just a difference between Democrat versus Republican policy ideas or values. This is what I'm describing to you is the left wing Democratic assault on foundational ideas of America, found the institutions, the history, the structure of our country. When you have weaponized the FBI, along with the IRS during President Obama, but the FBI and Department of Justice against the sitting and duly elected president, trying to take him down on phony charges, engaging in all sorts of uh, chicanery, deception, dishonesty, manipulation. They have, they have corrupted the FBI and the Department of Justice Continuing with Kavanaugh, they got a, a hearing going as a constitution. Well, actually, the constitution doesn't require a hearing. It requires Trump to make a nomination and the Senate to vote him up or down. The, the, the existence of a hearing is a custom, not a necessity. And the Democrats keep acting the way they do. Maybe we shouldn't even have a hearing. But I digress. They withheld information throughout the course of the hearing, uh, instituted at the very end of it all, introduced an unsubstantiated allegation and all sorts of other uh, unsubstantiated allegations, many of which have now been proven and acknowledged to be completely false. They have turned United States military the, the, uh, among the most important institutions in the country, in the existence of any country, turned the military in the last eight years instead of a, uh, an institution to protect our, our safety our sovereignty to protect us in the world. It ends up being, as, as this one writer wrote, a petri dish for progressive social policies, demanding the military enlist men and women with gender dysphoria, pay for expensive and time-intensive surgeries. I mean, they have corrupted the military and the, the concept of the goodness of the military. They, they flout the rule of law at the borders. They're, they're helping. They want to have this influx of the caravan to the southern border. They want to try to legalize many people who entered America illegally. They attack the law enforcement agencies, such as ICE, doing their job to protect the border. They, have, they instituted kangaroo courts on college campuses. They had the whole thing where the coming out of the Obama Title IX rule uh, regulation that essentially if a young man at a college campus was accused of um, by a woman of sexual assault, he basically had no rights to defend himself and ended up being kicked out of college with no right to defend himself or very little right. Um, they, this was a depriving men and women of due process. They began this absurd thing under the Kavanaugh uh, hearing where they had the believe women idiocy, which basically says because one person category, category of people, women make an allegation. They want to say it all, it must be deemed true whenever it's made. And an entire other group of people who should have due process rights under the constitution have no rights because they decided since believe women must stand, 
no matter what the woman says, even no matter how much she's lying, as some as uh, my view, all the Kavanaugh accusers, but most have been found to have been lying. Um, and the guy gets no chance to um, is to be assumed guilty because he's been accused, guilty because accused. That cha- talk about changing, turning America on her head. The Democrats have engaged to undermine the institutions of God, family, uh, as especially a hateful view toward Christianity toward Christian businesses. Um, It's expected to support the left-wing view with respect to marriage. The left has flouted the institutions and values of America for the eight years under Obama and the two years now under President Trump. And that's what a lot of America is watching. Now, I don't know how these elections will come out this week. I guess we're all just going to find out in just a couple of days. But the direction of our country under the Democrats, has been undermining core institutions of America, undermining core founding principles that break or make America. And a lot of Americans don't like it. We come back from this upcoming break. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about how the support, the about how the Democrats' antagonism against President Trump has caused many people to turn to support him. We're also going to run through the favorite groups the Democrats always believe they own, which is the women's vote, the black vote, and the Jewish vote. I'm going to tell you a few things going on in that world, too. We need to hold on the idea that the values, unique greatness of America is the same greatness for everyone. Debbie George asked, America Can We Talk? Friend, Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. 
Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty, from free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis, and this is, you know, Midterm Election Central tonight. I'm going to be on this the first hour, second hour of our show. We have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West joining me. Um, we always have great time whenever he's on the show. We cover a wide range of issues. But I'm going to keep talking about the midterm election, and I'm really doing this for several reasons. One is I do want to inspire you to uh, think about the idea that Despite the heated rhetoric in this country and angry, ugly words used on both sides of the aisle and by people of every race, ethnicity and national origin, the simple fact is elections are about moving America in the right direction. About choosing policies, not personalities, not people you do or don't like. It's not about personalities. It is about choosing the ideas and policies that will keep America strong and free. Policies and ideas that preserve the precious founding ideas of America. That's what elections are about. That is the responsibility of every citizen in this country. And so, you know, there has been such great rancor in this election cycle. And, and you know, just as I say, the American left lives off of spewing hatred, convincing Americans, instigating, instilling hatred in the hearts of people, convincing people to think that other people don't like them, convincing people to that they that they are the victims of so, of the latest attack of uh, intolerance and racism and on and on and on this is how the left gets power if they if the left can't get its voters to hate other people they have no votes it is how the left brings their voters to the table is to say you better side with us because we're telling you all these other people over here hate you 
and that's what they so that's what they do. That is their mo. So I want to move forward and tell you a couple of interesting things about this election cycle. You know, at the start of President Trump's um, term, I'm going to try. I'm not going to do a lot of numbers, just a few numbers. But there have been polls recently, essentially calculating, tabulating, measuring the fact that the support for President Trump has gone up and their support for um, especially Democrat independent female voters um, uh, for the Democrat Party has gone down. Here's some basic, quick, simple numbers. The ABC Washington Post poll and ABC Washington Post poll found Democrats had dropped sharply among demographic groups are counting on for support. While the last two of their polls found women favoring Democrats by margins of more than 20 percent, so women favoring Dems by 20 percent, that lead has dropped to 14 points in the most recent survey among Democrats. And then huge slide, huge slide in support for Democrats among independent female voters from a 33 point edge they had in October. So like a year ago now, a little over a year ago to a two point lead now. Democrats only have the independent female voter by two points. This is why I tell you, and, and again, I, I can't uh, you know, explain and, and make sense of every statement every elected official has ever said, every congressman, every senator, every the president or anyone else. But I can tell you that what the Democrats are promising this country is ugly. They are promising attacks on the banking system, the mortgage system. They are promising a just a heavily divisive, just, you know, country rending apart impeachment because there's nothing there to impeach. And they've known this. They've been talking about impeachment before Trump even got, you know, even got sworn in. I mean, since he won, they've they've been talking about impeaching him. So because the idea was we just don't like him. We, we thought we got to have Hillary on the subject of President Trump is very interesting. You know, you think about in this country. I, in fact, if you can think of someone that if you an answer this question, you can email me and tell me and I'll read it on air. My email address is America. Can we talk at Gmail dot com for radio purposes? You name one person who can turn out the crowds that President Trump turns out in rally after rally after rally after rally after rally. One person. There, there is none. Either side of the aisle. It's extraordinary. It is, it, it is unique in this country. I actually looked up because um, I, I, it seems like he's always having rallies. So just in the month of October of this year, President Trump has been rallying uh, for, he, he holds, and, and these rallies are not like 200 people in a gym, which is more than Hillary Clinton like ever got in a gym. But this is, these are like rallies in the biggest venue they can find. And they still have people outside in the streets, outside in the uh, in a waiting area or a, an overflow area who can see the stage on a screen. These are massive city after city after city after city. Sixteen of these rallies happen in October, four in September. And by the time we get to Election Day, um, which is a mere two days away, he will have done in the month of November six of them. In fact, there's one today, two today, uh, one in um, Georgia for Brian Kemp and one in Tennessee for Marsha Blackburn. Tomorrow, Monday, November 5th, he's got one in Indiana for Mike Braun and one in Missouri for Josh Hawley. So this is the hardest working president. And you know, it's kind of funny. I know people have varying views about President Trump. I mean, I know that 
some people just uh, didn't like him in the primary, uh, and I didn't support, did not support him in the primary. But I've come to see that even though he doesn't speak in the manner I would, he doesn't use the same kind of speech I normally expect from presidents. That he, I, I, I think the people trying to claim he is racist or bigoted or all those things they try to that left endlessly throws out at people that they have to hate Trump because he's a racist. I'm sorry. Let me just tell you how black America is doing under President Trump. But to finish that thought, he's out there fighting for his agenda. He's fighting for his agenda. The guy has all the money in the world. He doesn't even take his salary. He doesn't need to be doing this job. He's doing this job. And why he's captured the hearts and minds of millions and millions and millions, millions and millions of Americans is because he reignited love of America has nothing to do with race, nothing to do with ethnicity, nothing to do with national origin, nothing to do with skin color, nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with loving America and trying to reinstate the uh, love of and fervor for and passion of and protection of America. I could go on and on in numbers, but the numbers have been trending pro-Trump and away from the Democrats uh, at least for the last six months. So I don't know where we'll end up. I know that people say is the, the suburban housewife woman, the women who are going to give uh, you know the House victory to the Democrats, the House majority. You know, that may happen. I don't know. I will tell you a couple of things that I think have real. I'm going to talk about the women's vote first, and then, the, and then we're going to get the black vote and the Jewish vote. But on the women's vote, I will say, I think that many, many women watched the conduct of the Senate Judiciary Committee attacking Justice Kavanaugh as his nomination was going through the hearing process, watched those women claiming believe women was the new standard replacing the centuries-old due process and presumption of innocence, and instead believe women was the rule and a lot of you know the the angry american leftist woman said yeah 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 that's right you know whatever women say that's it but a lot of intelligent women educated informed a little bit thoughtful said that could happen to my husband to my son to my father to my brother to millions of innocent men there was, and they said, you know what? These these people, this these believe women, women are are just not rational. They're not thinking like Americans. They're certainly not thinking like people with a shred of respect for the Constitution and due process. I think that Kavanaugh hearing backfired big time on the Democrats. They thought it was going to galvanize women. It caused many women to say, "You have got to be kidding me." I th- and I, in addition to that, there was another little uh, piece that happened on the caravan. I wanted to, so I, I think that I think the women's vote, uh, much as the Democrats thought they had kind of cemented it with Kavanaugh, I think it backfired big time. And I think a lot of women are saying, you know what, you can't you can't do this to innocent men, to people, to men you don't know if are guilty or not guilty. You just can't do that to them. Um, when we come back from the break, we have another um, couple of minutes in this segment, but when we come back from the break, I'm going to share some data about well, where we are with respect to um, employment and other measures of comfort and success for black America, because those numbers are worthy of being thought about. Then I want to turn to uh, Jewish America and, and the uh, Jewish American vote and what's happening in that scene. But to close out on women, I have always found it just repugnant that when People, especially Nancy Pelosi level, leader of the Democrat Party in Washington, or one of the leaders of it, when they're asked, you know, what do you stand for? They're always about, we're standing for women. 
Asians, Hispanics, blacks, LGBT community. It doesn't mean anything to say you stand for those groups if you don't say what it is you stand for, what policies you would advance, what policies you would reject, what goals you have. When you, you, are, you are demeaning and demoralizing the entire purpose of politics, when you define your, your mission, your political place in America is, well, we stand with women. Well, I mean, which women? The women who are pro-life? And don't like abortion or the pro-choice women, the women who think the women's march was a great thing and they'd like to burn some more cars or women who think that didn't represent them. It's not a political position. And the left is finding out that America is waking up to that. I'm Debbie George S. America Can We Talk. Facebook Live. Come back in four minutes. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. 
Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Just love talking with you every Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Love to have you on Facebook Live. I'll say this once. If you're watching Facebook Live, we zip off to commercial breaks. You can always come back in four minutes. The show goes on a whole other hour and 15 minutes after this. Okay. I'm, I'm pumped up and talking about the election this um, Tuesday because so much of the future of America will be shaped. And I'm going to say this. If the Democrats were to actually win the House and the Senate... Nothing I say will change if the Democrats take control um, and they work toward impeaching Trump, because the larger goal of my show, the larger goal of everyone I know who is involved in politics is not really to prop up one particular person to be you should never be in politics, a sycophant for any elected official, any candidate. What holds America together are the principles and values of its founding. That's what America is all about. The purpose of politics and people who are in it for the right reason is to is to promote those, to nurture those ideas, to implement them in practical policy answers. That's the purpose of politics. And in this, I was mentioning right before we went to the break how I've just always deplored how so many, but Nancy Pelosi is, is especially egregious on this point, says when she's asked what they stand for, it's essentially she she um, lists off a list of hyphenated groups, all of which she's claiming that's who they stand for. And so, therefore, in their, cal- in their you know, dim-witted calculation, uh, once there is a majority in America of all those groups, if it's a majority of, you know, black Americans and Asian Americans and Hispanic Americans, they put them all together and they're a majority, then they think they have won. They never, they, they do not talk about ideas. And what Trump is, has been talking about since the time of his uh, election 2016, since in the campaign in 2016, were substantive real things about the importance of having a strong military, not a Petri dish for political, um, you know, experiment and social experimentation, to have a secure border where people can know that we know who's in our country, we know who's gotten in and shouldn't gotten in and where they are, and we, and we keep track and they have to leave if they don't belong here. 
I mean, this is these are ideas and, and about protecting America's foreign policy and honoring the country of Israel and honoring the, their preference, their, their right as a country to name their capital. And for us to honor that by putting our uh, U.S. embassy where the Israelis say their capital is. I mean, there's just there's just issue after issue where President Trump has brought out points. And what you just hear from the left throughout this campaign cycle is just anger. But I want to finish on, on this, um, the, the vote in this election cycle. I know that there are some women really drawn into the women's march and that they've had, you know, bad experiences with men and they may be particularly um, amenable to thinking that they should vote for the Democrats because the Democrats will believe women or something. But I actually think the better informed you are, the more intelligent, the more thoughtful you are, you start to realize we can't replace the rule of law and due process and the presumption of innocence with a system that says that one group of people gets to pronounce what everyone else must must agree to. So women can't say, hey, we, we get to say what we, we get to announce the new standard is believe women and everyone has to do. We, we can't have that in this country. And I think the more thoughtfully and, and the more frequently we talk about that, the more that will dawn on people. But with respect to the black vote, there has been, if any of any other issue and any other group under the, really in the last eight years under President Obama, in the last uh, year and a half or a little more than that under um, President um, Trump, there has been increasing division in America um, and increasing, you know, accusations uh, of racism and a just a very highly fine-tuned definition of racism. So words that were common expressions you can't use them and get accused uh, make it accused of racism a, a lot of just tender um and tender feelings and people offended and i have to say what i really want to urge on that subject before i share with you you know what what great shape um the economy is in and particularly with respect to black americans under president trump's policies directly as a result of his policies um i want to share the notion that you know america at the end of the day, we're just a nation of individuals. We were not founded as a nation uh, based on an ethnicity, a race, or national origin. Those identities do not define us as Americans. It's not who we are as Americans. And I deeply resent the on, on all sides of the aisle. The, um, the I, I'm, I'm saddened about the racial tension. Um, I think it's just I, in my personal life, I don't experience that. I have friends of every race, ethnicity, national origin, and I don't, and we don't spend time analyzing whether something somebody else said was possibly offensive. I think most people live their lives every day, go through their, go to the work, go to their jobs, go to the grocery store, do their errands, take the kids to basketball, do whatever they do with their kids. And they interact with Americans of all different backgrounds all the time. And they listen to the political rhetoric and the hate spewing rhetoric. uh, And they think, "What, what America are these people talking about? I don't see it in my life, but I wanted to share anyway. So I, what am I getting at is I think ultimately the ideas of America are the only bonding, their only, their only path to bonding, the only path to unity is, is, is unifying around the ideas of America and not around skin color, racial, you know, racial background, ethnicity, national origin, unifying around the ideas of America. But let me just share this data with you. Because again, I ask, you know, we're going to talk in the second hour with Alan West about the Blexit movement. We talked about last week with Candace Owen had um, her, she announced Blexit, which is the black exit from the Democrat Party. 
because she keeps asking her, right, she gives speeches to uh, to black crowds uh, to crowds I guess of, of all races but they're um, and the people she's she's speaking to her she's black and she's speaking to black Americans say what is it exactly the Democrat Party's ever done this helped you what is it besides telling you they stand for you and telling you everybody else hates you what have they done and the answer is usually a blank stare because the answer is the Democrat Party's policies have not helped poor people in America, especially have not helped black Americans. They just keep telling them that they're going to help them. They mean to help them. They do stand up for them. And so Candace Owens has launched this astonishingly successful, you know, public attention, public speeches, you know, Blexit movement that says stop by, stop falling for ideas, the Democrat Party that don't work. But before we run out of time, we'll get this data. So there is data. In fact, everything, I'm, the uh, resources I'm using in this uh, show tonight, the links I have, you can find them on our website. It's americacanwetalk.org. I list all the links. americacanwetalk.org has them. But this one I wanted to share with you. You know, this is a, a, a um, midterm election where the message of the American left is that the America is deeply racially divided and it's all Donald Trump's fault and he's a bad guy and he's a racist and... At the same time, the Blexit movement is blossoming. It's growing. It's the black Americans moving away from the Democrat Party because they're saying, what are you even talking about? The Democrat Party has never helped us. But let me just share some flat out data. President Trump and his Republican leadership basically have made black Americans better off than they were two years ago. You know, the famous question of Ronald Reagan when he was running against Jimmy Carter, you know, are you better off than you were four years ago? I think that's who said that. But anyway, black unemployment was at 8.6% in October of 2016, 8.6. So this is the final year, the final couple months of President Obama's presidency. Last month, it hit 6.2, marginally above May's lowest ever, 59 So black unemployment is dropping. The Labor Department counted 18.1 million blacks employed in in October 2016 versus 19.3 million last month. In short, 1.2 million more black Americans have found work since Donald Trump was elected. So do those people sit at home and they say, on the one hand, what Trump is doing and the policies of the Republican Party are helping me. But on the other hand, the Democrats are telling me I better vote against him because he's a bad guy. And I, I'm, I'm re- I am really encouraged and hopeful that many people will stop letting the media, the Democrat media mob, tell them what it is that they claim Donald Trump stands for and learn the facts themselves, listen for themselves. Black poverty fell from 21.8% in 2016 to 21.2% in 2017, the latest and the historically lowest such reading of blacks at the poverty level. The other thing is abundant tax relief helping everybody, robust deregulation, a pro-business environment, and it's really just the the GOP's Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, where every single Democrat in Congress voted against it, includes opportunity zones, bringing bringing policy to the to the you know the everyday life of low income families in large in you know inner cities and saying we're going to create opportunity zones where you're going to find jobs you're going to have they, these off, these areas offer tax incentives for businesses to invest in economically distressed communities and you know i think the argument of the left really in response to this is stop thinking about how everything the the republicans are doing is working 
Stop thinking about how well you're, you're, you're doing and how you have more money in your pocket and in your paycheck and your family has jobs and there's food on the table. Don't think about that. Believe us. Really, we swear, we swear the, the Republicans can't stand you. I, I just don't think it's going to fly. I think we're actually going to see an awakening, more and more people recognizing the Democrat Party simply does not stand for any ideas that work. Or put the other way, it stands for ideas that never work. And, and I think it's just, it's an astonishing time to live in. The other thing, I only have two minutes left, but I really want to hit these stories with respect to the uh, growing anti-Semitism in America. Um, there was a, um, I'm going to run out of time, a clip to play it, but, you know, there was a, the horrific incident in the synagogue um, in Pittsburgh last week where a gunman, a, a Trump-hating left-wing gunman opened fire in a synagogue. But the cool thing I wanted, and it was horrible, obviously, and... But the other things I want to add to that, the New York Times ran an article asking, this is the title of the article, is it safe to be Jewish in New York? And talking about the growing anti-Semitism in New York, the growing violence against Jewish Americans in New York, including data that you're far more likely to be the victim of a random violent crime if you're Jewish than if you're black or any other uh, minority. So Jewish Americans are looking at this, looking at this, and, and you know the idea that you can't that uh, Jewish Americans will continue to vote Democrat when it's really the Republicans, including President Trump, who has stood up for Israel, who has who went. To, oh, by the way, he went to the synagogue. Trump and his wife went to the synagogue, went to the hospital. I've run out of time to play it. I might play it next hour, but. When Trump and his wife went to the hospital where these synagogue victims were recovering, the ones who uh, recovered, you should have heard the tape. I'm going to play the tape next segment. They had doctors and nurses just streaming and say, Mr. President, we love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the outpouring of love, respect. It was sweet. It was touching. It was real America. It was real America. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. My show is called America Can We Talk. It's every Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Time, coming back after the break. And Lieutenant Colonel Alan West will join me to talk to you right after the break on Facebook Live. Come back in four minutes.